Hi, I'm Hugo Monnier, and this is the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. We're still out here in Japan with the England team and relishing all the fantastic rugby that's been served up for us. But today, we bring you an extra special treat. On the podcast this week is a player that's been integral to England rugby for the best part of a decade. It's time to get to know the scrum half who's been rewriting history. Growing up, I was, I was extremely small for my year, all, all the way through really. It was only till about 16, 17 that I actually found some shape. Until mm. then, I was always the smallest, without doubt. He's England's most capped back ever. It can only be Mr. Ben Youngs. I think you've got to understand what your strengths are as a leader. And, and my strengths are, I'm, I'm a people's person. That's my strength. My strength, I believe, is, is getting guys together, creating unity, bringing boys in and making them feel a part of it. For me, that's it's a different type of leadership. But that, for me, is, is probably my strongest part, is, is trying to give a bit to everyone. As well as getting to know more about Ben, we will get Willie Hines to share some of his best fitness tips. Genuinely, absolutely love it. Like I still feel really excited to go into training every day. I often say that to some of my teammates or coaches back at Gloucester. Like I, I still drive in with a, a bit of a nervous energy every day. I think that's a good thing. So let's kick things off. Here's what happened when Ben Youngs sat down with our man in camp, Paul Bunker. I'm delighted to say we're joined by uh, Ben Youngs, O2 Inside Line. It's the England Rugby Podcast. Ben, thank you very much for joining us. Absolute pleasure. I can't believe we've not had you on the podcast so far, but um, we're going to come around to the 92 caps at the end of the podcast. But um, I just wanted to pick up on that initially and just how does that feel? Did you ever, ever dream that you'd ever make it? I mean, to get one cap, surely for England is amazing, but 92 caps. Yeah, look, it's, do you know what? I, I haven't, I generally haven't thought about it. Uh, I will when maybe you know whenever this is done, but right now you know it's your day by day, week by week. You're on to the next thing. I haven't had time to really reflect on it. You know, I know that when I look back, I'll be extremely proud of it. I know one thing that goes quick. You know, mm. I, I remember my debut, and I remember um, how you know to think now and how quickly that journey's happened. So. Like I say, I'm, I'm very proud of what I've, what I've managed to achieve, but um, I think those sort of accolades or achievements are, are better left for a bottle of red for some reflection time at the <laughs> yeah. end. Maybe we'll do that at the end of the podcast or crack a bottle of red. Yeah, do yeah that, exactly. But... Yeah, let's so... do it then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll start right back at the very start then. Tell us about you sort of growing up as well for, for Ben Youngs because you're all from farming stock in Norfolk. So I grew up, uh, I was very lucky, you know, a lot of freedom growing up uh, in terms of living on a farm. That opened up the opportunity to charge around woods and fields and, and have a huge amount of freedom as a kid. I've got 28 first cousins. Uh, I'm the second youngest on, on, on one side of my mum's side. She's one of six sisters. Uh, they, they wanted a boy to keep the family name, but yeah. couldn't, so they ended up with six girls. Yeah, so I've got a lot of first cousins. Used to spend many a day in the garden playing sport, whether it be hockey, rugby, football, big sort of cousin tournaments and stuff. And growing up, like I say, well, yeah, that was that was sort of it, really. Played rugby, joined a local local club, Holt Rugby Club. Mike Bush was my coach, who was my dad's great friend, and uh, used to play tennis with him every every Wednesday. And uh, I ended up going a year early, actually. So Thomas, um, Mike's son, he he um, started. Mike was going to run the the mini team. Uh, my brother was already playing, so I went a year early, and then I just played with that age group all mm. the way through. Twenty eight cousins. We've got to go because I, Sorry, just, yeah. I, I think a lot of people are going to struggle with that. I'm I from Norfolk. So that might make some sense. I've, I've got a really big. I've got a big family, and I've got eleven cousins, and it's a twenty eight. I mean, how does that work? I mean, you've got enough for effectively two rugby teams. Yeah, yeah, you could do gatherings. Good. Family gatherings must be madness. Aren't yeah, they? it is. Uh, weddings, parties, anything like that. It's it's it's, yeah. it's good. Uh, yeah, very lucky. Very very lucky indeed to have such a 
such a family that's so supportive and you know really does get behind myself and, and what I'm doing and yeah like I say uh, you know family sort of shape who you are I guess mm. uh, in my opinion and I like to think they've done a good job here. What, what was life like on the farm? I mean, did you actually grow up on a physical farm yourself? The farm was so? down the road, and um, I'm not into farming. Um, yeah. You know, my brother absolutely loves it, and uh, you know, he, it's something that he, he'll do. You know, as soon as, as soon as the rugby days are over, he'll, he'll go home, mm. go home, and, and start doing that. But for me, look, um, I can see the appeal of it. I, I, I get a bit of freedom, and you know, dad Fresh gets, dad gets a bit of freedom stuff. about it. And yeah. uh, but but it's not for me. But um, yeah, I suppose. Like I say, I just was the ability then, you just had a bit more room to, to mm. roam about and we used to get sort of banger cars, we called them, which were basically cars that failed an MOT from the local garage and rather than scrapping it, which would cost them 100 quid, they'd, uh, they'd give them to us and we'd drive them around the wow. around the farm <laughs> and uh, through the woods and things and that like, that was pretty cool, you know, when you're doing that at a pretty young age and stuff. Have, have you ever done a shift? Or have you worked on the physically done? Have you done have, summers yeah. and that as a young yeah, I've Yeah, I mean, I've cost my dad a fair amount of money through uh, damage to machinery. <laughs> Like anything from, I remember top, where we were topping once, which basically is essentially cutting the grass. Basically, yeah, it's the easiest way of explaining it. Uh, you leave the field, it's set aside, and it grows, and and then you got you got got a short window where you can cut it. So I was cutting this, and there was like a massive, almost like pile of like soil and all that, and I just thought, oh, well, this machine's massive. This is chew that out. Went like straight over the top of it, like the whole much like smoke coming out of it, like <laughs> absolutely ruined that. I remember I've done. Um, potato uh harvester once i think it was and like i went off and i was carting and dad said like whatever you do don't hit the front of the tractor like don't hit the front which is the, the beet harvester oh sugar beet must have been beet harvester i said yeah no worries no worries and uh, i remember the driver uh, tony was was turning around and i clipped the front of it and i thought oh god i've done exactly what he said i shouldn't do instead of waiting to fill up i just actually just drove the tractor and trailer off took myself away from the situation for an hour right okay allowing all members of staff and everyone to <laughs> calm down before eventually returning yeah. uh, which was actually quite wise so yeah, uh, yeah. But like, yeah, I, I helped when I was needed, but uh, I certainly was not the first point of call. Uh, a lot a lot of people won't know about your brother Tom as well. And also the heritage as well. I mean, you know, the dynasty of the Youngs. I mean, it almost makes you sound like some American superpower family <laughs> yes. of Norfolk. But, it's madness. But, um, yeah. but in, in the world of rugby, obviously, there's a real common thread. Maybe you can tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, uh, well, dad played for Leicester and played for England. And he played scrum half as well. And then obviously Tom himself and being able to manage to do the same. So Tom played, uh, moved from centre to hooker. He did all the age groups as, as a as a inside centre. And then uh, Hanukkah Mayer, a, a wonderful guy, South African coach, came over to Leicester and he, he sat down Tom and said, look, I don't think you're going to make it centre, but I think you've got a wonderful opportunity to change your path mm. and your career and, and try and go to hooker because of your, your build and, and the way you play the game. And absolutely full credit to my brother. I mean, it's quite remarkable that... 21 to suddenly go do you know what I'm going to go from a centre to playing in the front row and, and doing all that and then to do that to then go on and achieve what he did yeah he's certainly been an inspiration in my career mm. and to do it alongside him has, has been pretty pretty awesome what was it like playing at Holt with him because he was is he two is it two yeah a couple years? of years older than me but like I mentioned you know with so many cousins there was so much family there at Holt you know it was not just playing on the Sunday it was actually you know once the games were finished we'd charge about outside and mm. you know sort of wear each other down really I think having been to Holt and spoken to the guys there there's a big part of your life that club is is big in your heart and your family as well isn't it because it's kind of very formative for you and you still go back there quite a bit don't you to hot rugby club i do indeed yeah i do go back a lot um myself and partner have got a place just around the corner from holt and we, we try and go back when we can and you know my cousin uh brucey he's first 15 captain there and if i get the opportunity i'll go back and watch him and, and watch holt and it's great you know i just go back and it's where it all started for me you know that's mm. 
his family is still there. So, you know, I just go back and I watch, you know, the amount of time my cousins come and watch me and, you know, it's, it's, yeah exactly I go watch them I can imagine what you're going to say here but how how are you received at Holt they're they're so warm and welcoming everyone's so friendly and um, you know I know a lot of them anyway but they're never uh, intrusive you know they Mm. never sort of ask anymore or whatever they just and that's exactly how I like it to be you know you you get offered a lot of drinks you know you want a pint can I get you a drink can I get you a pint you know but other than that no they're very much just just they know that you you know that you've come back you want to watch but you you just want to relax and enjoy and, and not necessarily talk about rugby or what's going yeah. on and just just generally just chat which is which is nice so what were you like give us an idea of what you were like away from rugby then as a youngster at school because i know you went to gresham didn't you the yeah i did the corner but did you enjoy school were you into school so yeah i i went to, to gresham school again i was very fortunate to go there terrific school Growing up, I was I was extremely small for my year, all all the way through. Really, it was only till about sixteen, seventeen that I actually uh, found some shape. Until mm. then, I was always the smallest, without doubt. Uh, I suffered from dyslexia, which is, my brother did as well, which was always a challenge. I was mm. I find it challenging even now uh, as a thirty year old bloke. Mm. Um, you know, when we have meetings here and things like that, and and you know, if uh, if they were to ask me to stand up and scribe, would be a terrible nightmare for me. There's a lot of dyslexia. I mean, I've got, we speak to most of the squad and a, yeah, a lot of guys have dyslexia, dyspraxia and those sort of things. And um, maybe part of your chemistry is finding a way to overcome those Definitely. sort of things. Do you think that? Yeah, it never stopped me. I guess you just throw yourself into it and sport was always a, an escape for me. I preferred being out on the sports field than I did in the classroom. Mm. So, so yeah, that was me really. I, I guess I love being outside, loved playing any mm. sport. I struggled academically, but threw myself into it. You went to wrestling yeah. as well, right? I heard of it. I had a I couple huge, of stories. Yeah, I loved wrestling. wrestling. I loved wrestling. I what to do? Yeah, I loved wrestling. Who was wrestling your favorite? Gaming. I loved gaming growing up. Um, Who was your favorite wrestler? Did you ever like? Uh, oh, it's got to be The Rock. Oh yeah, yeah, The Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went. I liked Triple H for a while. Kane. It's a good release, isn't it? That's the kind great. of uh, yeah. bit of athleticism meets a little bit of fantasy and all those sort of things. What about sporting heroes growing up? When you were between the ages, say six and say twelve. Oh goodness, I, <laughs> rugby was always my first love, and and. Um, that's never changed, obviously. So I think you, you couldn't look past guys like Wilkinson, of course. Uh, your Christian Cullen growing up, watching mm-hmm. him. Obviously, Jonah Lomu. And then well, I didn't find Scrum Half as a position until I was about 16, 17. And then you start looking looking back and you're thinking Georgie Gregan, Juice van der Vestes and some mm-hmm. of those guys. So plenty to choose from. So what position were you playing when you were playing like junior rugby? And even because when you started on the Leicester Academy days and stuff, what position would have you have been playing then? Yeah, anyway? so when I joined Leicester, originally I joined as a fly half or a fullback. And it was Dusty Hare actually, yeah. Uh, about about a year in, he said, "Look, I think let's let's move you to nine and 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 keep you there." And so I, I did that. And I, I guess you know, I think some people can get so obsessed with, "Oh, what position are you? What position are you?" And rugby is all shapes and sizes. And some some guys at an early age yep. find their position. You know, <laughs> Joe Marler's only ever been a prop. Thank yeah. God, number eight, but very soon became a prop. So yeah. there are certain shapes that uh, the position yeah. will will pick you. But for, for many others, you know, people can get obsessed with what position. But for me, I just grew up and I played a bit of fly-off, played a bit of centre, played a bit mm. on the full-back. And um, it was only until later that, you know, I said, oh, okay, let's let's move there and yeah. give that one a crack. You talk about other sports. A, a lot of parents get obsessed with rugby and their kids when they're six, seven years old and they're playing they play rugby, rugby. It's all about rugby. But h- how would you say that playing all those other sports and playing a bit of tennis, I know you were big into athletics as well, weren't you? Mm. How, do, do you think they've helped to shape you as a player and those skills have transferred over to, to the way you play and perform today? Without doubt. Um, growing up, I loved hockey. Absolutely. You know, Gresham's a big hockey school as well and um, I loved playing hockey. 
and you know again I I was never forced or uh, made to do any sport I was simply encouraged if I chose to do it my my parents were fantastic like that Um, it was just very much like you know if you enjoy Mm. it it will support you if if you want to do something else do something else so for me yeah I just I naturally just fell in love with games and then uh, you know had the the support network to to encourage and and do that and and hockey definitely had a big part I think with hockey you've got your vision you know your head down and a bit like scrum half your head's down playing the ball but you've also got to be able to see everything see Mm. the space so for me I reckon that that definitely probably had a some sort of impact on my on my career I'm George Cruz and you're listening to England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line We'll be back with Ben very soon, but right now we've got a brand new feature for you called Over the Gain Line. For England rugby stars are in peak physical condition, so we thought who better place to pass on some advice to us mere mortals on how to get the best out of ourselves. Willie Hines was first up. England scrum half Willie Hines. This is Over the Gain Line. We're talking a little bit about food, preparation, just those little extras that you do to get yourself ready for a game. So the first bit uh, is your pre-match preparation. We're talking about nutrition or a psychological standpoint. What do you do that gives you that little extra bit? What does, what does Willie Hines need? I think the one consistent thing I do, certainly usually on game day, but most days, to be honest, is go to the pool. I find that not only does it sort of get me ready physically, I just find it's, a, it's just a nice kind of... Uh, not mental break but a, a time where I can just kind of be present and mm. a little bit mindful I suppose but also think about what's what's coming up be it the game or be it training what my role is today just a, a, a bit of time where I can focus in on, on what I'm doing but also get ready do a bit of pool mobility a little bit of swimming bit of a stretch in the sauna that sort of thing Are, are you a player that needs lifting on a match day or are you a player that needs subduing? I think I'm pretty pretty consistent most games mm. I, I, I like it I like seeing the the Fords get themselves revved up. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy that, um, but I think for for nines and tens, you've got to kind of go on with a clear head and, mm. and be kind of calm in your approach. Um, I'll try and g the Fords up if I feel like they need it a little bit, but for the most part, I'm probably pretty quiet before a game, just just focusing on what I need to do. Brilliant recovery then. Uh, how best and what works at Willie Hines with regards to recovery? Yeah, like I say, pull always pull after trainings and and games. Loving the onsens over here. The onsen oh, yeah. baths and stuff are really, really good. I know Kyle Sinclair and Anthony Watson and, and I have sort of been hitting them pretty hard, which has been cool. You might need to explain so people might not know what an onsen is compared to what we have in the UK. You can maybe go into a bit of detail. Yeah, so an onsen is... Oh, I don't want to offend any Japanese if I get this wrong, which I probably will, but I think traditionally they're quite sort of natural hot yeah. spring type baths. But you, I guess to give you the, the picture, you go in... You strip off, you're naked, you wash yourself, and then you take a small towel in with you. You're not allowed to take your big towel in, so it is very much naked, which is awkward, to be honest. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's a bit weird. You get used to it. It's just there's just like all these awesome like most places you'll have three or four different temperature baths that mm. you can sit in. Then you got saunas. Then you'll have a cold bath, and um, I think the the natural water is meant to be quite healing and stuff as well, which mm. is cool. A load of onsens coming on sale in the Gloucester <laughs> yeah. area in the, in the near future. Uh, and then finally, uh, your season long maintaining your motivation as well. I think having a, a family away from rugby is is good so that when you go home at the end of the day, you know, I've got an, a natural distraction there straight away, which mm. is which is cool. And my wife would probably say sometimes I don't always switch off that well, but try to where I can. I think in terms of keeping my, mo- my motivation, I think because I've grown up and this is all I've ever wanted to do, I, and I 
genuinely absolutely love it. Like I still feel really excited to go into training every day. I often say that to some of my teammates or coaches back at Gloucester. Like I, I still drive in with a, a bit of a nervous energy every day. I think that's a good thing. Some cool insights there. Cheers, Willie. If you've not heard it already, I would highly recommend checking out last week's podcast, which features an exclusive chat with Willie. You'll know that England newcomers so much better by the end of it. But right now, let's dive into the final part of Paul's chat with Ben Youngs. I don't want to just skim through the, the Tigers' career too much, but uh, you were the youngest player at the time ever, weren't you, to play for, I think you were just 17, yeah. just turned 17. Do you remember what that was like to run out at Welford Road and, and maybe get your debut there at a club that you'd idolised and your dad had played at Leicester and, and you'd been through the age grade as well? Yeah, like I suppose at that age you you really are just sort of living the dream at that age. You know, mm. you don't really understand quite what you're doing. You're just absolutely loving it and you have that sort of naivety of youth really. Uh, so you just go out there and you just, hey, this is great, let's just... Go for it. <laughs> Every week's like this. This is fantastic, right? Uh, and that's kind of how it was, really. You know, I, I like this. I could get used to this sort of thing without really knowing what was going on. Yeah. But you, you never know. You know, you, you, you get the opportunity to join a club and, there's, you know, there'll be plenty of young boys this year that were, you know, that are just in the academy and they're about to get the opportunity potentially at the end of the year to get a contract to start that, that sort of dream or certainly get on the treadmill of it. But... You know, there's never anything guaranteed. Certainly, at that age, it's you know, you just getting your foot in the door is is, is almost the mm. easy bit. It's the, the hard bit. It's next, and how you do it, and how you take the opportunity. So for for me, I I always understood that. I felt like I always understood that. Like, okay, I've I've got there to Leicester, but this is just the start, and I've got to work even mm. harder, and I've got to understand that. Well, you know, get to know what professionalism looks like, and how do I look after myself, and what what do I do? How do I improve? And yeah, I think that sort of mindset definitely helped me so we'll skim through the, the Tigers crew a bit but at some stage what you were doing with the Tigers would have been picked up by England on, on their radar I know you were doing England age grade as well but do you remember who you got your senior call up from we played an England Saxons game uh, against uh, the Irish Wolfhounds at uh, Bath played in that and we won and it was afterwards uh, I was having the aftermatch dinner and um, Stuart came up to me and said oh Ben you've um, you've got to go to you've got to go to Penny Hill you you got to go with the the senior boys, so all it was all a bit sort of oh right okay you know mm. one minute I was I was there and there was another game the following week but then I suddenly was turning up and off I was so was that two thousand eleven was it around two thousand that would have been two thousand and um, that would have been two thousand and ten two thousand ten right yeah two thousand ten yeah only nine years ago yeah no. yeah I know. <laughs> it's brilliant was it two thousand ten br- maybe in two thousand and nine actually yeah. who knows. That's for someone find out. Let me know. Let me know. Let me know. <laughs> Send I should know this. Answers on a postcard yeah. and you can win something. And it must be in 2010. And, and of course, you played in the Sevens programme as well, weren't you? Briefly yeah. in the Sevens programme as well. Yeah, well, I mean, back then the setup was very different and they used to use Sevens as a springboard for, for young guys in the under-20s and, and give them an opportunity for some exposure. And uh, quite often it was uh, if you were sort of driftwood, I suppose, at the club and you weren't needed at the time, mm. um, you could go down and do Sevens training and... Cockers sort of saw it as an opportunity for me to go do that along with I suppose the age group stuff um, and it kind of tied in at that time that, that it would be a good opportunity to go and do that and um, again a, a great chance for me to go do something and just sort of fast track those experiences you know? yeah. uh, and that's what I did did the Hong Kong 7s did the Adelaide 7s you just the more you get exposure of 
different challenges, different sort of levels, um, you know, it speeds up the process for yeah. me. That's how I feel anyway. And I think that that was certainly, again, another opportunity that allowed me to do that. I want to ask you a bit about, um, obviously about your relationship with Dan Cole. And it's, it's quite weird being a tight head prop and they've got their own little gang and they're that lot. And then you've got kind of like, you know, the backs tend to do their own thing. But in some way, you guys have sort of grown up literally together, haven't you? You've been at yeah. Leicester together your whole playing careers age grade then at England I think he's a couple of years older than you as well yeah, isn't he, is, he? but yeah. has it been amazing to have almost like a sort of older sort of brother figure someone like Dan who's been with you and I mean because he's the same as you isn't he 92 caps as well yeah for England. exactly yeah for, for me again it's I've been through so much with him at, at Leicester let alone with England and you know he made his debut in 2010 Six Nations and I was um, a couple of weeks after him made mine and uh, yeah, and we just sort of ever since then we've we've been doing it together, and it's cool, you know. We we we've had some great times in in club and country shirts. Mm. Uh, we've had some tough challenges in in both shirts as well, but it's it's nice when you you've gone through those bits together, you know. And, mm. And we're still knocking about now, yeah. and um, yeah, so it, it's great actually. It's it's really nice to. He's do a that. tight head prop. He's probably got another four or five years doing yeah, it. Well, probably, although, yeah. probably. He's, he's shape uh, of his life, the bloke. Yeah, I want to ask about playing for England as well with Tom, with your brother as well, because for all of us rugby fans, the dream, of course, is to just get one cap for England. Would be amazing. But can you tell us what it's like for you to stand there belting out the anthems, your arm round your brother? maybe look into the crowd and seeing your parents as well and give us a sense of what those emotions must be like. Uh, yeah, look, it's, I mean, I suppose it's hard, it's hard to actually probably put into words. I think if we just go back a bit, I guess I, I, I managed to get on the England scene um, earlier than Tom uh, and was able to have a fair few games at that point. And then to see Tom's journey of moving from centre to hooker whilst I was doing my thing uh, and seeing how much he, he work he put into then and then be there next to him mm. when he'd achieved the ultimate goal um, was incredible straight away because I'd, do you know what I mean? There was almost this little brother always follows big brother, but it kind of flipped when he had to change yeah. position that, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that his little brother had, had got there and, uh, and and Tom hadn't at that stage. So for me, it was just incredible because it was testament to the work and effort and resilience that he's shown throughout his life. And uh, to have mum, dad in the stands and everyone, I just, yeah, a truly amazing experience. I mean, if, if you could sort of picture it yourself now yeah. uh, and then think how that would feel and then times it by about 100, that's probably yeah. what you're about. And then you, you picture the fact that, you know, seeing your parents, how the pride that you could see off them and that, that feeling is... Um, very unique. I think he's one of the most powerful men I've ever seen. I remember mm. there's a couple of videos on England Rugby's YouTube channel, and I, I remember seeing him doing chin-ups with 60 kgs around a belt around his waist and pulling himself. I, I, I don't think the machine was nearly coming down. <laughs> he's, he's an absolute savage, isn't he? He's a strong old boy. Yeah, he is. I think uh, farming strength. Yeah, isn't he, it? yeah. There is yeah. something. There's some. You know, my, my my dad. To be fair, he's a strong, strong man. Uh, and uh, my grandfather's both my grandfather's are as well so yeah there's a gene there I don't know what happened to me I blame my mum but uh, yeah my brother yeah there's some strong genes maybe yeah. maybe my kids will get the gene you got the fast I missed stuff. out yeah yeah I got something else yeah um, with this squad currently and the way that you've progressed with England as well you're very much a leader now how do you personally cope with responsibility is it something that you've had to grow into and learn and co learn to deal with yourself is it something that you find quite natural because you are you know you are one of the real respected generals of that group yeah I think with leadership I think you've got to understand what your strengths are as a leader 
and and my strengths are I'm, I'm a people's person that's my strength my strength I believe is is getting guys together creating unity bringing boys in and making them feel a part of it that for me that's it's a different type of leadership but that for me is is probably my strongest part is is trying to give a bit to everyone and then on the back of that you then have your leadership in terms of on the field stuff which is obviously for me being a halfback you've got to know your knowledge you've got to know the tacticals you've got to do your prep during the week and understand how they might potentially play what their vulnerabilities are what are our vulnerabilities against them if scenarios happen how to react so that 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 you do you do have to do anyway as a nine um but for me i think um i try and focus on just being that very personal with guys um so that when i ask them to to do something which i have to ask the forwards to basically carry into brick walls and get to the breakdowns and get rid of bodies whatever it is you know because i've built that personal relationship you know you, you get the response from them you, you enjoy want, it you enjoy being a, a leader i do you? yeah i yeah. do you know and then you know you've got other guys you know some guys are lead you know at Faz for instance Leeds he's extremely tenacious he's unbelievably competitive and he and he, he, he plays that way you know mm. you know Courtney for me he's a fantastic leader he doesn't say anything but he just hits anything that moves yeah. melts it yeah, and, yeah. and leads by his action so again like that's his strength let let, let him let him shine at that and mm. I think some people can get obsessed with oh well, you, you're a leader but come on you've got to do better at that but we'll actually someone else will pick up the pieces there let's just yeah. bring what you bring did it take you a while to find that style I think because, so yeah because when you start to grow a little bit more mature after the years you kind of think oh I'm a leader and you've you almost got to find out what sort of person you are a bit. Mm. Did, did you have to do that yourself yeah I suppose that's kind of I guess why I see it like this now I mean if you asked me probably six seven years ago I wouldn't probably said like listed five different things but I think you do you just need to find out what it is and I think as you get older you just understand actually like it comes in so many different ways and you don't need to try and do all different things. I don't need to be a motivator, you know, a, um, a speaker. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah, need yeah. to be a, a, a car. I need to be a calming influence. That's another thing I need to be, but you know, you, you can, you know, I don't need to be in the firing line and trying to start fights and ruffle yeah, and, yeah, and be yeah. that fizz. Cause that's not me. So, yeah. um, so you just got to just understand what, what that is. And I guess that does come over time, you know, and, and your natural disposition as well. Again, people who don't know you, but you're bright, fun energetic guy aren't you I mean, you found a role that really suits your natural disposition as well yeah definitely and I, I do I, I try to I try to be an energy giver really yeah um, and I try to well I just I don't try I just that's just who I am I guess I just be me and it it seems mm. to hopefully give off a good energy to lads and uh, hopefully I'm fun to be around and you know you're a positive guy to be around and, and that's I'm happy with that a bit of an interesting question so unquestionably you're, you're one of the best scrum halves in the world now there's a probably a collection of like three or four of you and you're very much at the very top of that H- how much does Ben Youngs enjoy his rugby today compared to let's just say a, a nine-year-old Ben Youngs running around at Holt Rugby Club do you, do you still love it and enjoy it I mean you, I know they are absolute worlds apart yeah. considering where we are in Japan but do you still get that with a smile on your face and you're still hungry to get out there and you still enjoy running out on a Saturday and all those sort of things or is the pressure so different that at times you're thinking god this is too much no, I don't ever uh, uninvite the challenge. I, I always, I love it. And, um, you know, I still love the sport as much as, as I first did. Um, of course, it's different. Of course, the pressures are different and all that. But ultimately, you still run out of it because you love it. And mm. actually, you enjoy that pressure. You enjoy the the challenge that's coming and, and what you might have to face. So uh, for me, that's never changed. And I, I don't want that to change. But don't get me wrong, I've gone through periods of my career when I have really lost the love, love uh, for the game, struggled to like emotionally get up for it every week after week after week. But right now, and, and certainly under this period and, and under Eddie, I, I've absolutely loved yeah. it. And I think 
we've got a real fantastic environment the boys have worked unbelievably hard to create you know it becomes infectious and you want to be a part of it so you know the weekend big game pressure yes but you want to be anywhere else yeah yeah, I want to quickly chat about life away from rugby as well. Yeah. Can you just maybe give them a bit of background about where you are and your, how you're living your life and what you get up to away from rugby? Married, uh, I've got two children. He's just started school actually, so I look forward to, uh, I'll be able to pick him up and drop him off at some point. Uh, so that's that's exciting to look forward to. Um, I know he's loving it. I, I invest, I spend as much time as I can with the family to be honest with you. You know, when with the rugby and you get away from the pressure for me it's just family time and when I train mm. I train but when I get home it's on them um, I spend a lot of time with again cousins who are often my my closest friends are my cousins and uh, one of them only lives down the road uh, in Leicester so that helps I spend a lot of time with him and um, yeah I guess for me it's I just sort of potter about and plod along really yeah. when I'm when I'm not training I guess yeah just be a dad how do you do, do you need to find anything beyond that to help you unwind and stuff yeah I, I guess because of playing the position I play you, you've often got to be calm and, and you don't get too hyped up anyway so I don't ever feel like I don't ever I haven't found myself like forcing myself to go like I need to try and escape or whatever I think I've just kind of found a mm. natural sort of flow in my life where it's very balanced and mm. you know I train and I do my thing and I go home and uh and, and again you know my you know my kids don't you know they know I play rugby but they think everyone's dad plays rugby yeah. you know that's just what people do <laughs> with uh, a family like yours I mean of yeah. course there's Uncle Tom, well, Uncle Tom plays Lester. rugby and then yeah. Uncle Crofty who, who did play rugby and yeah, yeah um so for them it's just kind of so yeah I I think like I say I, I just I try I'm pretty good at escaping it yeah uh, I get away yeah. from it and um I, I try and get back to, to Norfolk as often as I can. Like I said, me and my partner got a place just on the coast there. And when I go back to there, I mean, I mean, it's just, it's paradise. Just feel, we just feel like you're away and you just escape yeah. it. And no one, you know, there's no phone signals. You get out like on that. the water and stuff. Yeah, you, you do. Yeah. yeah. And, and just do all that. So for me, that's, yeah, yeah that's, that's nice headspace. And away, away from the rugby, you've got a business as well. You've got the, the coffee business. It's got a terrible business. But yeah, is, is, is it, how's it doing? Is it, is it doing all right? <laughs> well, it's, it's only open every match day. And obviously, the season That's finished in May. Right. It's only just started. So there was a tough window yeah. where everything's just sitting there. <laughs> sales are a without, bit low, are they? Sales, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well. June, July, August was very, very <laughs> dry months. Please uh, tell me we haven't got full-time staff. Uh, yeah, exactly. I know. And, 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 and obviously stuff. it's only then open once a fortnight anyway. So, um, so business is tough outside of rugby. Yeah. Uh, you know, business is tough. I think, um, you know, like you, you've always got a plan for after rugby and, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I've planned particularly well. Dab my hand into doing a bit of coffee stuff, but you know, that's just something on the side. So for me, I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what mm. life after rugby looks like for me. I'll, I'll figure it out, I guess. But um, well, you would have learned a lot, a lot of lessons from what didn't didn't work at the coffee shop. I mean, those those that's the truth. Any inve- I mean, don't go into, don't go into partnership with Tom Croft. That's yeah, why that's what you're <laughs> <laughs> someone who's married to one of your cousins and all yeah, that as well. Exactly. Uh, and the racehorse thing. Did, are you? Yeah, that's still. Yeah, that's still going. Yeah. So Leggett Lenny. Yeah, he's going to come good at some yeah, point. Yeah. Just give him a chance. Has he had any wins yet? Have you kind no. of not yet? On- Last race came third. Okay, out of four. <laughs> <laughs> true story um, I'm confident like I say, I'm a, I'm, I'm, are you, you into know, like horse racing is it something that really interests uh, you with like I, I do like my racing but um, I don't want to sound like I'm you know I'm in the bookies and I'm gambling mm. all the time I'm certainly not one of them but I um, yeah I like racing I like the main events I like you know Cheltenham yeah. uh, Ascot Aintree all that so I mean having 92 caps you've been part of England set up now for 8 years you've been 
uh, Leicester, I wouldn't even want to embarrass you by asking how many years you've been involved with Leicester now, but you've, you've seen some very special times and highs and lows with England. With this current squad of 31, and I think we should pay credit to the wider squad, maybe up to 50 Definitely. players that have been part of this as well. Can you tell us, from your opinion and experience, just how special this group of players are? Well, they are. Uh, I think you only have to look at the talent that we do have. Um, you know, I look back to previous, how many guys, if you'd say, right, these pick your, your world 15 or your world 23, you know, how many English guys would be in it? And you mm. look at the squad now, and there'd be a fair few that would be in it. And, and certainly if they weren't in it, they'd also, their, their names would be chucked in the hat for debate. Certainly. Mm. I think the, the success of some of the club teams, you know, look at Saracen's success that they've had has also had a brilliant impact for this group mm. because so many of those boys are, um, had success in Europe, in, in Prem, uh, extra lads. You know, again, their knowledge, their experience comes into this group. The hardships that we've had um, in 2015, a lot of boys were there. So I feel like this group's been sort of shaped over the last probably six years, really, to mm. where we are now, that I feel in key positions or certainly in key areas of the field, there's a huge amount of experience and knowledge there. Mm. And we probably didn't have that maybe beforehand and I've also never felt more prepared as a as a team and and have a better clarity about how we want to play the game as an England side so it doesn't it doesn't guarantee you anything but what it does do it means every time I've taken the field with this group I've certainly felt unbelievably confident and um, felt like if the team's going to do us then my goodness they're going to be good. And there you have it, Ben Youngs, everybody. We've been waiting for the perfect time to have a chat with Ben on the pod, and I hope you'll agree it was certainly worth the wait. If you enjoyed this episode, do leave us a rating and a review so we know how we're doing. And don't forget, we've got an England sign shirt up for grabs for one of this season's reviewers. All you have to do is leave a review, add your name on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and we'll pick a random winner at the end of the series. And wherever you're watching England at the weekend, be sure to show your support for the guys. And until next time, it's goodbye from us.